Good evening. Welcome to Reaction Saturday here at Southeastern 14. I'm Chris Lee, joined by Blaine Gilmer as we talk about the games that were in the SEC today. Some of them fun, some of them not so fun, most of them close. I should say not most of them. The LSU Army was not close, and frankly, Missouri, South Carolina wasn't either. But always interesting and always ramifications coming out of those. So with that, here we are to talk about those. And, of course, what else are we going to lead with? Alabama, Tennessee, uh, you had wild momentum swings in that one. You had an Alabama domination in the second half after Tennessee dominated the first half. You have a little discussion about officiating. That's That's been out there all afternoon. Uh, but, yeah, it, it is a fascinating day in the SEC. Thoughts on Alabama, Tennessee to start here, Blaine? Yeah, I just think that – Typically, what you see out of a Tennessee team is they're going to give any defense early on problems with their tempo, uh, with how they how they spread you out sideline to sideline. And Joe Milton was accurate early, and then later in the game he wasn't. When he and then what also hurt Tennessee, Chris, early on is they were moving the football, but a couple of times got down there in the red zone and really had an opportunity to just break Bama's back yeah. early, and they Real didn't goals. do it. And and when you settle for threes on the road against a really good team with a really good defense like Alabama, that's going to hurt you. And it came back to bite them in the end, and, and Joe Milton wasn't nearly as as uh, effective in the second half, and they shut down the – the running game for the most part in the second half. But uh, you got to give Tennessee credit for coming out and, and starting fast, and as they always do. And Tennessee's going to move the ball on virtually every team they play. The difference is, okay, how effective are you on third down and how effective are you in the red zone? A couple times it was good. A couple times it uh, wasn't up to satisfactory. And then, you know, when you come with Jalen Milrow, the Alabama run game in that second half, um, it was really – really good uh in in the second half and i thought that the toughness and also maybe the i thought maybe the physicality there in the second half by alabama was just uh unmatched by tennessee chris they're they're going later in that game yeah i, I thought the first half alabama or tennessee really dominated the lines of scrimmage in the second half it started to flip yeah yeah i, I think it did too and i think that has to come in with Alabama, for some reason, uh, very similar to a, to a Georgia team this year, actually, is one that has to kind of settle into games, it seems. You know, like Jalen Milrow is not – he doesn't just come out guns blazing uh, when, he, when he's able to do things. They kind of have to settle in and find, okay, what's going, what's going right? What can we do? Where can we, uh, you know, prod this defense a little bit? find some weak spots and then they finally take over as things go on. But uh, my goodness, it was, it was an entertaining matchup. It looked like Tennessee had every, every opportunity in the world to kind of run away with it early. And you just got to give a lot of credit to Saban and his coaching staff. Cause once again, Chris, during this entire run from Saban all the way back from, you know, you're talking about from the Greg McElroy days all the way through now, uh, what has been the calling card of Saban? It's been, being able to make adjustments better than the other staff uh, yeah. at halftime. And once again, they did. They tied their record for biggest comeback 
at halftime in the Saban era, and that came against Georgia in the 2018 uh, CFP National Championship game. Yeah, that that first half just – I watched it and I texted a couple of buddies of mine that are Alabama fans and said, Alabama's in trouble here. Tennessee just – I mean, they just got on Alabama from the jump. I want to go to the box score in a minute because if you read that, it doesn't look like a game that Alabama would have won. And by the way, a couple of quick updates for those of you catching us live. Um, some scores of relevance. Virginia has beaten North Carolina. That should knock North Carolina out of the playoff chase. That probably helps the SEC yeah, just a little bit. And uh, well, if Duke, Auburn, if Duke wins, if Duke wins, then the ACC is going to be out altogether. Uh, I would, I would think so. I, I really would. Um, you had a cut. Another couple teams get knocked from the ranks in the unbeaten today. Uh, Penn State was one beaten yeah, by Ohio Penn- State, which is also unbeaten. But just a couple of couple of notes there because we're in we're in the playoff watching season. And uh, so we're we're watching the SEC. In fact, I'm watching the end of Auburn Ole Miss as we're doing this, uh, but we're also keeping an eye on the scoreboard. So it's unbelievable. Why we're why we're we're not going to talk a ton about Ole Miss Auburn right now, but just because it's still going on and and there's really not a whole lot to talk about. It's just unbelievable how competitive Auburn has been with yeah. literally no and no scintilla of a threat of a forward pass, Chris. Like, they cannot throw the football at all, and they're still competitive in football games for the most part. So, uh, you know, that's that's a credit, I think, to Hugh Freeze and his staff. But Jackson Dart and company finally, uh, you know, finally broke through there for Ole Miss, and they're going to probably take – take care of this one up 14 that's like being up 35 against auburn right now yeah. they, just, they just can't can't score enough uh but chris we gotta we gotta turn real quickly here to our uh missouri because we got a bunch of our missouri fans in the chat i see uh yeah. in, uh right there we got john in here i mean all these guys in here from missouri so what were your thoughts on missouri and south carolina today uh complete domination missouri was up 21 nothing before South Carolina really showed up. Uh, that was a kind of a Cody Schrader game down the stretch. I mean, this was this is kind of what Missouri is this year. They they jump out on people and then they get leads, and then the second half is kind of eh. Uh, they, they gave South Carolina a brief chance to get back in that game. And I thought Shane Beamer, not, I don't think they're winning anyway. I it would have been astonishing, but Carolina's got the ball, I think, I don't know, fourth and goal at the one. And they kick a field goal to down, go down 15. I think there was 10 minutes left. And I get that it makes it a two-score game, but I'm thinking your offense is not scoring two touchdowns on this defense. You might be well, lucky to get one more. No, um, I agree. and But I think here's probably his, his logic. He's like, okay. I'm down my third starting offensive lineman. So it, it, to remember to start the year, it was Jalen Nichols. Okay, and then they they lost uh, they lost Case and Henry uh, at the in the North Carolina game. He hasn't returned since. Then they then they didn't have Vershawn Lee today. He was out. They tried to start Sidney Fugar at right tackle, who's from Yale or somewhere. I mean, some some FBS school that came in. Uh, and and wasn't able to or FCS school and wasn't able to produce and they are just totally inept on the offensive line and Missouri did exactly what they should do they they if you were going against an offensive line that was already that bad and then had lost three starting offensive offensive linemen total 
Missouri should have had six sacks on the day like they did. Missouri, Missouri should have uh, caused a lot of havoc in the backfield like they did. So credit to Missouri for doing what good football teams do and obliterating that makeshift offensive line for South Carolina. But my point is that probably went into Shane Beamer's thoughts. He's like, hey, if I, I don't know if I can get a yard. You know, I'm going to have to throw yeah. for it. Type deal. Well, f- fair enough. And, and I'm watching both games. I've got two TVs in our bonus room and I've, I've got the volume on one and not the volume on the other. So obviously the volume was on Bama, Tennessee, but, but, but that also begs a question. What do you do when keeping Spencer Rattler in that long? If you're out of the game and you can't block. Yeah. I mean, well, the way, I mean you, are, the, you also lost Xavier Leggett in that. Yeah. One too. He's their only shot. I mean, Rattler's their, their only, only shot. But I mean, I agree with you. I probably would have gone for it, but I would have just said, Hey, I've got to, uh, I got to throw the football right here. But then again, without Leggett, do they have any confidence of who they could throw it to? I don't know. Uh, Rattler didn't play his best game either. He made some bad decisions uh, in that, but a lot of that had to do with the pressure Missouri was putting on him. You got to give a lot of credit to Missouri. Like I said, you got to give credit to Cody Frey, uh, Cody Schrader for running hard. Yes. Once again, on the offensive side, he runs really hard, um, and and they, they didn't keep going throwing the football a little bit there, Chris. Like you said, I think they kind of took their foot off the gas a little bit there in the second half. weren't quite weren't quite clicking on all cylinders. Missouri offensively in the second half. Um, they clearly Schrader had that game one. Yeah, yeah, they had that. They had that game one. But Cody Schrader said as much. He was. He said after the game, he's like, "Hey, we gotta, we gotta just keep going and keep scoring points." You know. So um, I think he was a little frustrated by the de- <laughs> the decision maybe of his coach to back off a little bit. You know. All right. By the way, player player who led was uh, led South Carolina receiving yards today for four hundred. Please, Alex. Oh, I don't know. Is it some kind of reserve fullback or something? I have Nicholas no idea. Harbor. Nicholas Two Harbor. Two for fifty. Go. He got in at the end of the game. Yeah. So yeah, anyway, Nick Harbor, I, I, Nick, he's a world class sprinter. For those who don't know it, everybody's been just uh, begging for Shane Beamer to finally get him in there and play him, and it uh, it wasn't it wasn't. It hasn't been ideal early on. Uh, maybe he hasn't learned enough, but there you go. Uh, he he finally got in and made a play. Yeah. Look at uh, here, for, Chris. Go ahead. I was going to say, look at yeah, here. Yeah, oh, my goodness. That game, that was one of the worst football games I've ever watched. Yeah, I, I 405 yards of offense between the two teams, Blaine. Yeah, I put a tweet out that said it set the game of college football back 30 years. It was uh, it was atrocious. I mean, just so ugly to watch in terms of the offensive line play for Arkansas. You feel so bad for K.J. Jefferson because he has no time to do anything. He's literally shaking off defenders the entire time. They can't run the football at all. Chris, I think – I also think, sadly enough, this is this put the nail in the coffin of the – pit boss era there in in uh, Fayetteville I'm I'm not sure about that I think he's done I, I don't see how you can I don't see how you recover I mean Mississippi State is not a good football team I mean they're, they're not a good football team and they totally dominated you in every aspect of the game without without Will Rogers I mean Mike Wright who was trying to give you the game early <laughs> yeah goes out and throws a pick early it's just it's just rough times for Arkansas, and I don't know how you 
because they're not going to just out recruit every even with nil they're not going to go out and out recruit everyone so does sam Pittman if they do keep him does he go out and just try to hope that you get offensive line or defensive linemen out of the portal because chris a lot of times when you're going and getting offensive and defensive linemen out of the portal it's a lot of guys who couldn't hack it elsewhere okay because otherwise they stay at the school they're at so yeah. I don't know that that's a great solution either. I, I I'm I think it's a little bit of a quandary if you're Arkansas on how to best go forward after this. Yeah, um, if, if it's me, I'm I'm not letting Sam Pittman go. No, I, I might make a change at offensive coordinator. Uh, did, did you listen to Lewis Riddick was just really calling them out down the stretch for routes and play calling yeah. and all kinds of stuff. And and look, it, it is. And this is, by the way, something that worries me about Alabama a little bit. I still think if if you don't have a capable offensive line, your chances of success are going to be limited. Um, so in spite of in spite of Alabama winning day, I don't know that I feel any better about them well, getting to the playoff and doing damage. I mean, they had, they had they had to win it today to get there, but I still have some of the same questions. Uh, and by the way, some other things to unpack on that game in a minute as we jump all over the map here. But uh, I, I don't know. I, I asked a contact of my day who's pretty well connected around the SEC. I just said, does Sam Pittman get fired? He said, no, I don't think so. He's pretty well liked, and, and they had a brutal schedule. Plus, of course, the injuries. I mean, look, we, we talked about we talked about K.J. Jefferson and Rocket Sanders both being guys that could have ended up in in the Heisman chase at the end and obviously neither of those are happening sanders is done for the year i don't know just to me you've got to it, it's been bad it's been really bad they they were two and oh now they're two and six and i get that but i don't know i don't i'm not a i'm not a fiery coach after i'm not a horrible year and I, I know you're saying you, you this isn't saying necessarily what we do you're saying you think that they'll make a move i'm just not convinced they will well, they, I think they were disappointed with things last year, okay? They, I think they felt they took a step back, even though they did lose some. I felt they, they felt last year that they lost some games that they should have won. And then now you're unable to make adjustments. Even even I understand you got you don't have a great offensive line, okay? But you've got to find ways, whether it's like you said, Danny knows whatever. You've got to find ways to have enough creativity to get some guys in space and be able to to move the football. Heck, I mean, Auburn can't even pass the football, and at times they're able to move the football pretty well. You know what I'm saying? Like they're able to find ways with running the ball and stuff like that, doing different things. So point is, if you have a weakness, you've got to find ways to get around that, and they just have not been able to do it. Now, yeah, you hear Oreo back there. He is letting you know. I'll, I'll hit mute for everyone. Yeah, he's wailing. He's wailing at how bad and inept Arkansas is offensively right now. That's what it, that's what Arkansas fans sound like. Um, but when when they're watching their offense. But when I'm talking about this, I just think that the way college football is now, Chris, with okay, you now have the transfer portal. You have all these ways of being able to turn over rosters and all this kind of stuff. People have seen quick fixes elsewhere. It's going to be very, very hard if Arkansas continues to spiral as much as Sam Pittman is liked, and I really am a huge Sam Pittman fan to just uh, stand put. You know, um, I don't know. Maybe it is the offensive change, something like that. Um, that's going to be tough. Another note, his buyout drops 
down below $10 million, Chris, in his contract if they finish below 500 this year. So his buyout drops significantly if they finish below 500. We had a race to the bottom with SEC passing games today. Let me, let me read you some stats. Mike Wright at Mississippi State, 8 to 12, 85 yards, which actually that's not – it's not awful, um, given some of what I'm about to recite. 7.1 yards in attempt. K.J. Jefferson, 19 of 31, 97 yards, 3.1 yards in attempt. And then uh, Auburn says, hold my beer. Uh, neither of these guys have been any good tonight, as you mentioned earlier. Ashford, 5 of 8 for 23. Uh, excuse me, that's Thorne. Ashford, 3 of 4 for 22. Both of them have thrown a pick. pick. Yeah. Thorne just threw another pick. So, so that's yeah, it, it, it literally popped up on my box scores. We're doing this, so yep. He just yeah. threw another pick, and uh, old Miss is going to salt this one away over there. Uh, in that, but you know, it here's the thing, too, uh, that maybe people want to look at and we want to think about Chris in terms of assuming strength of schedules and stuff like that a little bit too much early on in the season because what was the knock on the Georgia Bulldogs before the season? They don't play anybody. Break the schedule. Look at who they're going to play over these next few games. Florida's way better than we imagined that they would be. Missouri is way better than I think even even they thought if everything went perfect, it, it, they're they're way better. Tennessee showed they can they were competing on the road today against uh, Alabama. And then Ole Miss is gonna gonna be probably a one loss team when they get to that that era that point of the season. So that strength of schedule for Georgia is going up quite a bit here over the next few weeks, Chris. Yeah, and we'll we're gonna dive into playoff implications for teams and resumes and stuff like that. Uh, we'll be doing that every week going forward. Georgia right now wins over Kentucky at Auburn, South Carolina, UAB at Vandy Ball State. The last three don't do anything oh, yeah. for anybody. They get South Carolina. There's thing Nick later. Yeah. Um other yeah. than other than the physicality, we'll, let's go back to Tennessee, Alabama here for a little bit because that was a big one. Other than the physicality of I think the Alabama offensive line. And you mentioned something earlier. You said, hey, you know, Arkansas has bad offensive line play. Uh, you know, in that kind of – you kind of coincided that with Alabama continuing to give up sacks and stuff like that. Alabama's is a little bit Jekyll and Hyde because they're bad in pass protection, but they're pretty good at moving people in the run game. They're getting getting things going there uh, pretty much and being able to lean on people. So my, my question to you is what else stood out to you other than the physicality in that second half of Alabama get, being able to run the football with, I mean – was there any any other factors of that game that you think you can take any pieces of going forward? Well, I, I think the game turned on two plays, right? It, it turned on when Tennessee let Isaiah Bond get eight yards behind its secondary to start the second half. Yeah. And then that controversial fair catch where uh one guy's slightly raising his arms, the other guy's catching it. Like in by by the letter of the law. If you if one guy signals for a fair catch and the other guy catches it, it's a fair catch, whether it's the guy who called it or not. But yeah. I was trying to look up what constitutes a fair catch signal, uh, and I, I wasn't getting any clarity. That was I, – I, I think I watched that replay about five times to make sure I didn't miss something. That was bizarre. Um, so that, that aside, like I think 
if you're Tennessee, let me just read you some stats from today because I think if you if you just know the box score and you know everything but the score, you feel pretty good about things. Okay, 404 yards, Alabama's 358. First downs, 22 to 20. Tennessee gets the edge there. Um, turnovers, Alabama two, Tennessee one. I'm going. LNO, and by the way, you know you've got a 20 to 7 lead at halftime. If I'm a Tennessee fan, I'm going, we're not losing that game. Uh, but I think it was those two things that flipped the game. Penalties were a big deal. Alabama got penalized one time for five yards. Tennessee got flagged eight times for 55. There was a lot of whining uh about the officiating from Tennessee fans. And I'm not saying it was necessarily undeserved. They they missed a hold on a touchdown pass. You know, you bring that back, it's a seven-point game. Maybe it looks a little different at the end with Tennessee driving with the ball. But I, I felt like just so much was set up for Tennessee to win this one today, and Alabama's up, you know, a two-touchdown winner at the end of it anyway. Yeah, I think uh, discipline at times uh, with, with Tennessee, like you said, not it's not just penalties. It's also busted coverages on the back end. Uh, it's also, you know, a missed protection, letting Joe Milton get uh, just absolutely smoked, you know, and, and fumble the football uh, on, a, on a play for the scoop and score. So, I mean, some some little things there, discipline on the road when you're in that insane asylum that is Bryant-Denny Stadium because they get going, especially in that rivalry. You've got to remain disciplined as, as much as possible. Um, and, you know, I think when it comes down to it, uh, Alabama, yes, they probably got away with a – with a holding call there uh, in, on the touchdown touchdown pass, but overall they were they were the more disciplined football team today. Today, um, so you know I think that that st- stood out to me a little bit as well. And I think Jalen Milrow continues to just be timely with his playmaking ability. Chris, like he's yeah. not when you're when you're talking about Jalen Milrow, you're not going to turn on the, his tape and say, "Hey, here's a quarterback clinic that I want everybody to watch on how to play the quarterback position." No, it's more of, "Okay, it's a little bit of little bit of ad-lib football on the back of things, but he is getting more comfortable operating within that within that system and he just t- it has a timely way of making plays." Um and Joe Milton at times I thought in the second half there was opportunities for him to make those plays, and he kind of shrank down from the moment a little bit, wasn't accurate enough on third down, things of that nature. So I think that's just – that was the difference in the game. Red zone and third down, Chris, I think was ultimately the the biggest biggest difference there between Tennessee and Alabama. Okay, here's, here's a weird little fun fact for you um, on Joe Milton. Um, because the, the narrative all year, and I'm not saying it's wrong, is I mean, I mean, look at the guys that have come before him too. I mean, it's it's ridiculous. But Alabama's got a quarterback problem, right? Joe Milton today, ten and a half yards per throw, right on his season average of ten point six uh, rating in this game, one seventy six point six rating for the season, one seventy four point seven touchdowns today, two touchdowns for the season, eleven. Interceptions for the year, one. Interceptions for the season, four. Basically, Joe Milton had an average game for him all season. And we're saying quarterback's a big problem for Alabama, and yet they win this game today um, by two touchdowns because they get better quarterback play. It's it's just a bizarre dynamic there. It's like everybody yeah. thinks they have quarterback problems, and I'm not saying that they couldn't do better 
uh, and that they won't do better in the future. But you look at the numbers, man, 10 and a half yards of throw midway through the season with the teams they faced. Uh, again, it's been a weird year. It's included a lot of sacks and things like that. But how, how odd is it that I think he's leading the conference in yards per attempt? Well, he they're, they've turned into a shot offense. You know what I'm saying? Right. Like, like big big shots are how they generate their momentum. And, and if you can if you can keep keep them from hitting those, then you're you're going to be good. And what what did what were what happened early, Chris? They you know couple three and outs i mean it wasn't it, it wasn't going early but then you mentioned it first play second half boom shot play and they're back in it so there you yeah. go i mean I, I i don't know that that um again i don't know that you're gonna see just a whole lot of excellency at the quarterback position in the sec outside the top top four guys that are really doing it right now, then I think you got a got a group in the middle that's a large tier that just can make plays on you and can hurt you at any given time, but they're also going to make some head-scratching plays in the middle. Would that be fair to say? Yeah, I, I think so. And, and by the way, I, I failed to mention one of the big plays. Maybe the other big play of the three biggest moments of the day was the, the strip sack of, of Milton. Was that Chris Braswell that hit him from the backside? Yeah, I believe it was Braswell, yeah. and then I think Deontay Lawson picked it up. So, yeah, if you're looking at the box score, that's that's a little bit of the explanation is even though Alabama lost the turnover two two to one, uh, the the one went the other way for six. So, yeah, anytime anytime you can turn a, a turnover into points, that's for sure gonna for sure gonna turn the turn the ball game. I think the statistics on that are like it just jumps the the chances of winning the ball game up absolutely astronomically if you turn a, a a turnover into a touchdown so you know obviously that being at home there was a lot of stuff tacked up stacked up against um stacked up against tennessee and they came out early and tried to defy all the odds but alabama does what alabama does and you know snag snags uh victory from the jaws of defeat and also rips your heart out while doing it and that's what that's what alabama does they give you a little bit of hope chris they make you think it's going to go your way, and then the real Alabama shows up and uh, and dominates at, at in the second half. So, I wish I'd looked this up at, at halftime. I wonder what ESPN's victory probability would have been for Tennessee at half. Probably well over fifty percent. I'd say probably oh closer for to sure. Oh, I'm I'm thinking it was probably closer to eighty. Now Alabama got the ball to start the second half, and that probably factors in a little bit as you start with the possession. But I mean, I, I thought if you'd asked me to handicap that, I would have said probably eighty-five percent. Yeah, no, I agree. Maybe, I mean, maybe it, better. It, it was not. It was. It was looking. You pretty got thirteen bleak. points on Alabama with Tennessee's defense that had been really doing a great job on the line of scrimmage. A everything was in place for Tennessee to feel good about that. Yeah, no, I agree. I agree, man. Uh, I I just want to point out the. The chat over here, y'all, y'all play nice over there. Now we got We got some. We got, we got Missouri disrespect at the center of things, don't we? Yeah, uh, we got Missouri and Georgia beef already heating up over there. So it's going to be, and that's two weeks away. Uh, that's just yeah. two weeks away. They get so uh, it, it's already getting getting heated over there. Um, man, it, it's a, uh, it's it's crazy. Uh, I listen. I think Missouri is probably. Probably going to win every game they got out for the rest of the year, except that Georgia game. And the only reason I'm going to pick Georgia to win, like I've told you, Chris, is because it's in Athens. And 
until somebody beats Georgia and they've won 24 straight games, I'm going to pick them. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if it's not broke, don't don't fix it. And I know that people are going to talk about Brock Bowers and stuff like that. But, listen, I, I think uh, you can't discount what what the, there are 84 other scholarship players. <laughs> so, you know, I think you got to count, count that as well. Including Oscar Delt. But, um, yeah. Playoff odds, odds for Missouri. Well, I guess this is updated. Oh, I don't know how. Um, odds of Missouri winning out. This is according to ESPN's FPI, 0.2%. Now, I don't know if that means win out regular season or win out everything. Yeah, I, I think winning regular season, they got a much better chance because literally I think the only game that they – won't win at this point is is Georgia, and that's just because it's at at Georgia, and it'll probably be a night game, and it'll be crazy, and you know it's gonna be it's gonna be wild, a wild scene. Uh, now they do have a bye week to get they got two weeks to get prepared for Georgia. So if Eli Drinkwitz uh, and company, you know, if they that's a staff thing right there. You want to prove that you're a staff that's ready to take the next step. There you go. There you go. Yeah. Win division, 3.9%. Win the SEC, 0.7%. Make the playoffs, 0.2%. Predicted record for them right now, 8.3 and 3.8. So the, the yep. FPI, and, and they're not the only one in this. Now, I, I have it, just to be to be fair, that's that's me reading numbers off a computer. I, I am bigger on Missouri than the computers have been, but that that seems kind of ridiculous. They. I don't know. The, the computers have not taken a liking to Missouri yet. Yeah, uh, and I think that's that's just, you know, who knows? I, I don't know what computers uh, – I don't know what the algorithm says, Chris. I don't know what they're thinking, but I, I look at the eye test. Missouri looks really good. Uh, Missouri's, yeah. got play, Missouri's got playmakers. I know that um, they've got a unique scheme in how they're able to move Luther Burden around and, and position him in different ways. I do not think against Georgia – I don't think Cody Schrader and Nathaniel Peter are going to be able to run the football. It's going to be on the arm of Brady yeah. Cook to get the ball done, and we'll we'll talk about that as we get closer to it. Um, but I don't I don't think they're going to be able to run the football uh, against Georgia, Kentucky, one of the best running offense in the country, and they couldn't run the football on Georgia. So you know, I mean, that's just how that's just how it goes. When you're at home and you're going in to face the champs, it's a whole different deal in terms of offensive production, and we'll see see how things go there um but we talked about on the flip we talked about missouri on the flip side we talked about you know the the pressure on sam Pittman. what's the situation going there obviously shane beamer's not going anywhere in terms of south carolina they're they're locked in for a while they're gonna they're gonna keep that thing going but do you think you see some coordinator changes or anything like that coming for south carolina especially with you know early on in a game letting Luther Burden run wide open down down the middle of the field, like things like that. I mean, you know, yeah. stuff that if there's certain things, miscues that South Carolina continually seems to make, whether it was fourth and 13 last week against Florida, missing missing open field tackles, you know, letting a guy – it was fourth and 11 that he caught it 13 yards behind the sticks and still made the first down. You know what I'm saying? Like, yeah, rough stuff. Uh, do you think Clayton White's time is getting close, or do you think they're going to have to make a change of some sort over there at South Carolina? Kind, to keep kind of feels like it. They just haven't been very good since he's been there, and they, they've got some – they've had some talent. It's not LSU or Alabama or Georgia talent, but they've had some players. They've sent DBs to the NFL. They had 
what two freshman all American safeties a year ago. Um, but they just, I mean, they, I think they've got the worst pass defense in the league after today, don't they? Yeah, and they, 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 if it's not statistically, it is in reality, okay, because they get yeah. they get burnt to a crisp on every on every play. Now, uh, that is something on Tuesday mornings. We're going to start going inside the numbers, guys. So you need to check that out on the morning report. Tuesday mornings, we'll be going into that. Um, but my goodness, uh, you know, as our as our man in for in for life right there says, hey, hit that hit that like button. Let's go. We appreciate it. Everybody that's in here, go ahead and hit that like button. But I'm excited to see a lot of things going forward. But in terms of the reaction to all this, Chris, um, I think you've got just some some good, solid football teams. Nobody's really elite uh, in the SEC right now until they till they prove so. You know, I think yeah. you've got good football teams, but they've got a lot to prove. But I do think, and I, my phone has died, so I can't check it over here. I don't want to mess with anything. What is the Duke and Florida State score right now as we're talking about this? Uh, I'll give you some updates. Uh, we forgot to mention LSU's playing tonight. LSU's now up 55 to nothing on Army. Uh, so LSU gets a little bit of a, a defensive. They're not really playing tonight. tonight. They're just kind of. <laughs> it's a it's it's an it's an exhibition that they're honoring the troops. Very noble. We appreciate right. that. We appreciate your service. They're not playing tonight. Uh, but anyways, yeah, not, what, uh, not one of um not one of Jeff Munkin's better Army teams, by the way. Um, very bad. Florida State is up on Duke 24 to 20 with 13 to play. Uh, Michigan is going to stay unbeaten, just beating the living crap out of Michigan State 42 nothing. Stolen signs or not. Um, yeah. Here's a surprise. This this will this will knock USC out of the playoffs if this score holds, which is probably going to happen anyway. But Utah up 28 17 on Southern Cal. I'd be interested to see if That's Utah. That's not a surprise. Can... That's not well, a surprise. no, 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 no. But I mean, the game's in Southern Cal, isn't it? I think it is. Listen, Kyle Whittingham claims Lincoln Riley on his taxes because he is his daddy. Okay. <laughs> he owns Lincoln Riley in USC. Utah owns USC. They they beat him uh I think three straight times now on something like that. So it's just hey, uh I didn't expect USC to win that football game. And I if they do, they they come back and win. But Lincoln Riley is never ever ever in my opinion until he makes a drastic change in his philosophy on how he coaches a football team he should never be considered to have a team that's a threat to win a national championship because they are not ever going to be tough enough or, or hard-nosed enough discipl uh, disciplined enough on defense uh auburn Ole miss has gone final Ole miss won that one 28 21 auburn got a late touchdown and tried an unsuccessful onside kick but more importantly Peyton Thorne hit 100 yards passing tonight, Blaine. Ding, ding, ding. There you go. On the nose. Hey, that's <laughs> success. Moral right. victories. It's just it's the little things in life, Chris. By the way, Jarquez Hunter did play tonight for Auburn. Uh, I think he missed last game and has been erratic this year with the playing time. Um, so there was that. And I, I thought on Auburn, we didn't talk a lot about that game. Uh, I thought Auburn's defensive back played really well early. Donovan Kaufman. Um, had a pick that brought back a good ways. And um, Keontae Scott, I think, might have had one too. By the way, Ole Miss, we, we didn't spend a lot of time on that one, but Ole Miss was awful the first half. Their special teams were dreadful. They, they turned it over, what, three times? Uh, you, you've said this all week, strange things happen at Auburn, and some strange stuff happened tonight in that one. But 
Ole Miss well, got the win two, and stays at one loss. Well, there was two things we were talking about with Ole Miss, right? Obviously, this game was in Auburn, and we know that Jordan-Hare Stadium is tremendously hard to play in, but we've also talked about, hey, Ole Miss has not played well on the road. They they had to pull one out of the fire late at Tulane. They played terrible at Alabama, and now they have not played well uh, to start off the game against Auburn. And if if Auburn had any threat of the forward pass, then Auburn probably beats them in this game. So I think that's why it's becoming clearer and clearer as we move forward, Chris. The biggest threat to uh, that that's remaining on Georgia's schedule with Ole Miss having to come to Athens is that Missouri game, uh, in my opinion. I think Missouri and then at Tennessee. So the East is really getting interesting, even though we're talking about the, the West right here with Auburn. The East is getting interesting. Um, but Ole Miss, I don't know what it is about Lane Kiffin and, and that, that that team over there, but they struggle to get going early on the road. And and like you said, Auburn, when they have Keontae Scott in that secondary health, secondary healthy, which he was, when they have Austin Keys and middle linebacker healthy, which he was yeah. in this game, Ron Roberts is doing a heck of a job at def- as defensive coordinator at Auburn, in my opinion, Chris. Yeah, I, I agree. I think that that's gotten through the, the season. It's just a weird thing. You, you thought Hugh Freeze, you always think offense, but he just has not been able to to figure it out. And he's said it a few times. He's not been shy about saying it. The, the talent there isn't just isn't what they're used to in terms of what Auburn generally has. And uh, even well, it's at one position. Even a guy like Hugh Freeze can't receiver. make it work. It's at wide receiver. They don't have wide receivers. You don't I think, think it's a quarterback? I fully, no. I, listen, Peyton Thorne has played at a high level before at Michigan State, okay? He did. He did. He played. He got them to a New Year's Six Bowl game. He played it. Played at a high level. I'm telling you, the problem at Auburn, Chris, is they literally cannot get separation at all. Yeah. And when Peyton Thorne does throw the football well, like he did a couple times in that Georgia game, where he should have completed some balls that would have really helped Auburn in that game, the Auburn receivers dropped him. I mean, they, they, it has not been – it's not been uh, – they've not been capable of getting separations. I mean, look at their leading receivers tonight. Jarquez Hunter, three receptions for 54 yards. Rivaldo Fairweather, five receptions for 31 yards. Neither one of those are receivers. That's a running back and a tight end. They, they only had two catches from receivers on the night – or three catches, one from Caleb Burton – one from Jay Fair and one from Coy Moore. Yeah. Auburn has zero receivers. Okay. Absolutely none. They have to bring in some more receivers and some more talent uh, out wide to be able to compete. I think you'll see them be active in the transfer portal during during this this uh, offseason. Um, so if there's one thing that I trust Hugh Freeze to do, Chris, it is uh, as they refer to it now, talent acquisition. Yes. Well, and to your point, I, I I don't know who their leading returning receiver was. It might have been Coy Moore. I, I think he was in a bunch of, of guys that were all in the same level of production. He goes one catch for six yards tonight. So, yeah, no, I I, under, I understand. I mean, it's it's just I don't know who they're. I think coming into it was Javarius Johnson that was supposed to be my, the guy. Might he's been, yeah, he's he's he been banged up a little bit. Um, but you know, they just have to get better. 
I love how people try to apply the transitive property in football uh, in our in our chat. You can't do that, guys. It doesn't work that way. Each <laughs> each sixty minutes is different. Uh, if you if you don't know, because there's a difference in schemes, there's a difference in play callers, there's a difference in tendencies, there's a difference in who's healthy, who's not. You have to go with each Saturday. You can't go based off okay, this team did this against this team. I'm just telling you, don't do that when you're betting on games, which we will have some uh, stuff with a little betting sponsor coming up, Chris. Uh, that's that's going to get sprinkled in yeah. here soon. Got some big changes coming here. Guys, if you are not on board now, you want to be on board because we're going to have a lot of stuff coming your way in the next week. But also, too, don't do that when you're betting, guys. And then also don't do that when you're talking about perennial power teams, okay? Because they can look like crap and be disinterested one week and then just come out and blow your doors off the next week. So that is just a word to the wise. Hey, but by the transitive property of comparative scores, I bet we could get Virginia into the playoffs with tonight. Oh, exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, by the way, I've got Florida State Duke here pulled up on the TV that's in front of me, so I'm going to keep an eye on that. Well, I'd forgotten that game was in Tallahassee. Yeah, I mean, so so who ended up – you said right now it's 24-20 Florida State? Yeah. yeah. No, no, Duke. Yep. No, Duke's winning. No, yes. I thought Florida State thought Florida State was winning. So, who? What's, wait, what's the score now? Uh, let, let, me, let me double check this. This is wonderful. I thought they said 24-20. No, I'm sorry. You're right. It is Florida State. I I, I read the score wrong. Yeah, John says Duke has a backup quarterback in now. So, hey, that's what I'm saying. Each and every week. My man, I got to give a shout-out over here because whether he is totally just enthusiastically uh, off his rocker supporting Missouri – which Charles. is what SEC is all about. <laughs> Charles, I love the passion, even though I think some of your passion is totally unfounded, my man, in terms of the the maybe rooted to the 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 core logic of it. But I'm telling you, Missouri is a good football team. I'm glad you're excited about it. That's what SEC football is all hey, about. M- Missouri has got a gauntlet of games coming up at Georgia, Tennessee, Florida. You take two of those three games, and you you lose one, you're not going to the playoff. But my goodness, you've had a great season at that point. Yeah, I, I picked Missouri to go nine and three this year. I thought that was people called me crazy. People said, "What Missouri?" They they were saying I was giving them way too much credit. I said Missouri's going to be a good football team this year. I picked them to go nine and three. I think one of those yeah. three losses comes in Athens in two weeks, and that is not. That is not disrespect to Missouri. That's respect for the back-to-back national champions that have more talent on that roster than anybody else in the country, even without Brock Bowers. So, like, it's just it's just a tough place to play. If that game was at Columbia, Missouri, I'd probably pick Missouri because of how well they're playing. But it's but by the way, um, I, I got to point this out. Comment of the night that made made me laugh the hardest from our our friend SEC football. <laughs> <laughs> I will give my all for Tennessee for 30 uh, minutes. That's that fantastic. Was, that was well played, sir. Now, he, the John said, John said, I wouldn't have said nine and three as a Missouri fan. So, hey, I gave him more credit than he did. I, I was on Mike Bratton's show before the season, that SEC podcast, and, and he asked me, we were just doing a, a thing. I'm, I'm in there for like an hour, an hour and a half. He just asked me, spur of the moment, who's your surprise team this year? I said it was Missouri. 
but I, I don't know that I would have had Missouri seven and one at this point either. Uh, in fact, I'm pretty sure I would not have. The, the, the Kansas yeah. State win was when that team got my attention. That's a great win. Uh, even though yeah. Kansas State has has you know subsequently lost a couple games, they they still they uh, or at least lost a game after that. They um, they won today. Yeah, they won today. Oklahoma State ended up being a pretty good football team, by the way. But that's getting down down the weeds because they ended up beating right. uh, Kansas State after and all that kind of stuff. But my goodness, uh, you know, BTC great forty one to season. three today. My goodness. Yeah, there's college football. You just gotta love it because you you can never predict what's going on. It's always gonna be wild. There's always the, gonna the be Big something. Twelve that goes today, on. Blaine. My Oklahoma, goodness. Oklahoma, Oklahoma, and, and, and Texas nearly blew it to Houston. They almost ruined everything. They almost knocked yeah. the Big 12 out of the playoffs today. That's almost what happened right there. It, it, it almost became just total chaos for the Big 12 today. Um, by the way, if Missouri was still in the Big 12, I would be picking them to win the Big 12, by, yeah. by the way, for sure. Yeah. I, would be, I would pick Missouri as the Big 12 champion if they were still, still in the Big 12 this year. Um, Donald asked, what was that fair catch call on Tennessee? That's what I've, I'm trying to find the way the rule is stated now. Like what constitutes a fair catch signal? I have seen, did, did you see the Iowa game today? Yeah. that The Iowa one was way worse than the Tennessee one, in my opinion. Well, I mean, like, at least he was making demonstrative moves with his arms. Uh, but it was, was this way. He was like, he was like telling his guys yeah. to get away and doing sideways. You've got to be able to communicate. You got to be able to communicate, you know, like to your You're guys. Right. You got to be able to like say, "Hey, get away!" If you raise it up, that's one thing. I don't know. It's it's really crazy. Yeah. So what um, do we got? What have we not touched you know, on? Here? I'll, I'll tell you a thing. We haven't hit much today. We hit the Arkansas into the Mississippi State game. Um, but hey, it was ugly. But Mississippi State got a win. Um, so I don't know what that means or doesn't mean for Zach Arnett, but there's that. Well, Zach Arnett, I think, has taken back some of the control of the defensive play calling, in my opinion, uh, from some of the stuff that people were people who know that Mississippi State program will. Yeah. Some people who really know that Mississippi State program, uh, you know, and were and were commenting on it uh, on on Twitter and things like that as I was watching the game. I think that Mississippi that Zach Arnett started, you know, calling that defense a little bit or being more heavily involved in it. And also too, Chris, I thought I loved, you know, they're they're now giving the giving us access to these coaches during the game with some of these sideline interviews and things like that. And Zach Arnett when asked for, hey, why didn't you go for it on fourth down there in Arkansas's territory? And th- uh, right there, because if you Lewis Riddick even criticized him and was like, hey, if you go down and score, Arkansas can't score, so the game's over with. If you if you go down and add points, and Zach Arnett, a true defensive guy, said, "Have you seen how our defense is playing to the side, to the sideline yeah. reporter?" He said, "He said the only three points that they've scored came as a result of us giving them the ball in our territory." He said, "I'm telling you, we're going to go down and punt them deep and stop them." I mean, and so that that's what it that's what happens. So, Florida State's tacked on another touchdown here, by the way. Yeah, the old Dukies, they got a backup quarterback in now, so they don't they they don't have the uh the firepower to to stick with them. So your unbeatens after tonight are going to be Ohio State, Michigan, Oklahoma, Georgia. Um 
Is Washington off this week? No, it's got Arizona State tonight. They'll be huge favorites in that. I'm not sure that one started. Uh, Florida State's going to stay unbeaten. Air Force is unbeaten after day. James Madison and Liberty. Air Force, uh, the only – and I, I was going to say I was looking at their schedule the rest of the way because I always root for the Surface Academies. I'd love to see a team go undefeated. Air Force's only big game they got left was UNLV, but I think UNLV was losing to Colorado State to, uh, today. So if that's the case, then I think Air Force is going to go undefeated, <laughs> and they're going to yeah. end up in a New Year's Six bowl game. And some poor coach is going to have to deal with this. This, Chris, this is going to be fantastic. You ready for Triple this? option. Some poor coach is going to have to deal with, okay, some of my best players are going to elect to opt out of the bowl game and now I've got to teach guys who haven't played all year on my defense to defend the triple option for a bowl yeah. game, and it is going to be glorious, and I cannot wait. I'm excited for that. Go Air Force. Get to the get to the uh, the New Year's Six. I'm excited for that. How much cursing is there going to be inside the offices of whoever draws them in a bowl game? Oh, yeah, that, that is uh, – that is not ideal. I mean, that is not what you want if you're a coaching staff, especially defensively, having to teach kids to be disciplined, to you know, take their responsibility, play defense a little bit differently than they have all year long. And, oh, by the way, it's a game that just amounts to another game in a lot of these kids' eyes now because you're not playing for a, a playoff spot. You're not playing for a conference championship. It's just a bowl game where you go get some swag and stuff like that. Um, I, that is a tall tall task if you're a team that has to do that yeah i mean i guess the conversation for that that team that gets that spot right now is probably them and tulane which won again today making old misses win look better by the way yeah yeah uh I, like i said you know as you as you go through i'm just intrigued with the strength of schedule i'm intrigued you know whose wins look better than whose at the end of the year and things like that and that's why that's why I think firmly as we get in towards November here, uh, things are going to start to get wild. There's going to be some unexpected stuff happen, and uh, I'm excited for it, Chris. Hey, speak, speaking of that, let's talk Ole Miss a little bit. Uh, nobody ever brings up Ole Miss in context of the playoff, and, and Ole Miss has got some work to do and got some tough games ahead, although Vandy next week should be still a one-loss team after next week, A&M the next week. I think they win that. The, 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 real, the, the one game that they're going to be an underdog in is going to be Georgia. Um, yeah. Now, so here's where Missouri when that one gets it, but go, boy, what I was going to say is right now they've got wins over LSU Tulane and a road win over Auburn. That's, yeah, that's a no, pretty they, good threesome of wins that a lot of your playoff contenders right now do not have. For sure, for sure. Uh, now, here's the thing that could be in Ole Miss's favor, and Charles, you'll you'll like this. Even if Georgia beats Missouri, Missouri is going to play a very physical contest against Georgia, and Georgia will have just come off of games against Florida, a rivalry game, uh, a tough game against Missouri, and then they'll have Ole Miss uh, at home. So Ole Miss gets the benefit of, you know, of playing Georgia after a tough game, but Ole Miss is also coming off Texas A&M, which even though Texas A&M offensively is not very good, we know that defensive front is salty, so that'll be a physical game for them as well. So two teams that are going to come in with uh, with maybe some banged-up guys in that one when Ole Miss goes to Georgia three weeks from now, Chris. All right, let's wrap it up. Um, 
for those of us who have eight o'clock church tomorrow. Yeah. Got to go, got to um, go tighten up the Sunday school lesson, get ready to go. You know, that's right. Um, what in the comments in the big picture have we not gotten to? I would love to let someday, and maybe we can do this. I'm it's formally extending the invite on player section for Charles and for CT, Chris Taylor, <laughs> to come on and do a head-to-head debate as we are two weeks away from Missouri and uh, and Georgia. Please, Charles and CT, you're welcome to come on next Wednesday. Come on. I'd love to have you on the show. I, I want to see that happen. Our, our man Charles, he's been one of our, our, our better guys this year. He has been here for us. Yeah, and and we appreciate everybody, even if we disagree with your with your viewpoint. We that's what it's that's what makes America fantastic. Okay, we are yeah. we get to disagree, but we can still hey love SEC football, love each other, and just you know continue right along. So we'd love to have you on uh, Wednesday hey, so, nights at eight thirty uh, Eastern, Charles. That's when it is. Somebody mentioned a Southeastern fourteen get together. Um, I'll tell you what, I'm, I'm going to throw out two things if everybody's interested. And, and of course, it's going to depend on who's your Music City Bowl in, in my backyard. It might be a lot of fun. And, of course, we we cover the SEC tournament, Blake and I do. Uh, if you guys don't know, we're – well, I'm, I'm based in Nashville. You're in Georgia. But Blake is also here. So, we'll, we'll be at that thing. So, that might be fun. So, any of you going to the SEC basketball tournament uh, or the Music City Bowl, if, if you guys are interested, we will maybe try Listen. to do something. I know, uh, I know, Chris, uh, Chris Taylor, and Andy Stowe won't turn down a good time. They'll find a if they can find a reason to come up to Nashville and uh, you know uh, indulge a little bit and hang out with you guys. I'm sure that I'm sure that they'll do that. So it, it's gonna be it's gonna be a lot of fun. So we'll we'll figure something out on that as well. Um, but Chris, yeah, it's a great reaction show, and I'm excited to get our previews out on Monday. That's not Chris Taylor of the Dodgers, is it? No, different Chris Taylor. Uh, okay. This this. This Chris Taylor, he's not he's not over there, uh, you know, hitting doubles off the wall. He's he's out there, you know, knocking out insurance. He's not hitting doubles out of the out of the wall off the wall right now because the Dodgers are done, <laughs> like all the high seeds in baseball. So we're getting the Phillies and Astros again. Can I just complain about that for a minute? Hey, it is what it is. It is what yeah. it is. We do This is a no baseball zone right now, Chris. We're all football. sorry. We're all football. Couldn't resist. <laughs> Um, let's see. USC has gotten with an eight of Utah now. Um, let, let me, let me go back and look at the SEC scoreboard quickly. I'll have you scan the comments while I'm doing that just to see if there's anything worth to mention. We didn't get to LSU is now polished off army 62, nothing. Hey, LSU, I, I get that it's Auburn. I get that it's army, but LSU couldn't defend anybody a few weeks ago. So that might be something interesting to watch. LSU down the stretch at Alabama, Florida, Georgia State, A&M. That, that Alabama-LSU game is going to be the, interesting. That's the game. That's for the West. Well, and, and let me just – if LSU runs the table, I, I know the chance is about that big, but just saying. You win. You win the SEC. The, if they run the table, I don't know how you don't. I don't know how you don't let them in the playoff. I, I mean, I'm being honest with you. So, probably the other team that they, one of the teams they lost to, is in the playoff probably in Florida State if they they run the table. So, you you know, are you going to hold that against them? Game one for playing another playoff team. Game one, 
Uh, and then, of course, I know they 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 lost another game, but you know, I mean, when it comes down when it comes down to it, they lost at Ole Miss in a shootout. You know, I saw a road loss, and then a basically what was another road loss against Florida State. Now they've played; they would have beaten Alabama uh, on the road. They would have beaten Missouri, who's a good football team that we've established on the road. They would have beat Texas A&M to start. Uh, to end the season, and then they probably would have beat Georgia in the SEC championship game if that were to happen. I don't know. I don't know. We'll see. Yeah. I mean, I think one of the big games to watch going forward, and, and again, a lot of the, this is going to be scoreboard watching other places. I think if, um, if Penn State were to beat Michigan and Ohio State, and we went over this earlier in the week, uh, were to beat Michigan, they're all going to cannibalize. Well, each other. Ohio State would go. I don't know if Penn State would have a shot, but the the, the how they treat the Big Ten is is going to be interesting. Um, the, the ACC darn near off itself tonight. Um, that could have made it a little more, a little less interesting. But you still got Florida State hanging in there, and of course Alabama's still alive after today. So I, I'm very, I'm going to be very interested to see what the odds are at FPI tomorrow on everybody's chance to make the playoffs. I tell you, I, I tell you what Greg Sankey's hoping for. He's hoping that Alabama and Georgia went out. <laughs> that's what he's hoping for because that's that's the best shot for, for the SEC to get a playoff team. So Yeah. But, all right, we're, we're ready to wrap this one up. We've been going about an hour here. Yeah, I think so. Uh, Florida State just tacked on more points. So now it's 37-20, so – FSU is going to stay firmly in the playoff conversation. And, and by the way, this week we're going to be doing some – one day, I'm not sure which day it'll be, probably later in the week, we will do a playoff scenarios for, for everybody, SEC everybody, give you some perspective, uh, potential lines down the road just to let you know where the, the pitfalls are for everybody, let you know odds, that kind of thing uh, as, as we – so we when is the first playoff poll? Is it next week or I think it's two weeks from now? Yeah, isn't it's it? that first week in November always. So yeah, well we'll be we'll be out ahead of it. But anyway, yeah. Hey, thanks to everybody for being here tonight. Uh, had a lot of fun. A lot of, a lot of regulars saw some new faces. We do these on Saturday nights when SEC games are winding down. We got a daily show from about eleven to eleven forty five ish. That that's Central Time every day. Uh, we do our predictions. We record those on Sunday night and then release those on Monday morning. Power rankings got the morning Monday. Report. Yeah, we got basketball stuff coming. I was at Media Days this week in, in Birmingham. So we're getting ready for that. Just just a ton of stuff coming up. And uh, thank you for being here for it, everybody. Absolutely. So you know when Andy Stowe says it's time to go to bed, it is time to go to bed thank you guys for tuning in like subscribe turn on notifications that's chris lee i'm blaine gilmer we'll catch you guys next time right here on southeastern